The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. All that, you know, you're you're going to try to get Justin to throw a touchdown pass of 80 yards every single time they have the the ball. That's not going to work. And then the way Sam Howell was playing in the second half and the way Eric Bieniemy decided to go exclusively to the pass instead of the running game, I still had my radar up. So I didn't feel, you know, I honestly didn't feel great until the end of the game because, that, you know, I'm still a little, I still in a little shock from last week. Do you are you nervous that if if Washington kicks the field goal to cut it to seven, that that next Bears drive is different? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and I I was thinking, okay, now we're now this is a one touchdown. Um, separation and it changes everything. It changes what the defense has got to do against our offense. It changes what uh, the Bears offense has to do in a sustained type of a way on the offensive offense side of it. The crowd started getting in the game and, uh, you know, people were bound, pounding on everything they could to try to make it as loud as they could. And, um, you know, thankfully it worked out in the Bears' favor and they made some plays at the end of the game to seal it up. Tom, give us a list or description of some of the stuff that you saw that really encouraged you last night. Uh, Tevin Jenkins coming in, uh, kind of being forced into action early, and then Cody Whitehair being able to take one giant step to his left, and all of a sudden now he becomes a center. And then Tevin Jenkins, who I really didn't think was ready to play because he didn't have any time in his stance with pads on since the injury in Indianapolis. Um, I thought that uh, the uh, Darren Payne and um, Jonathan Allen would do more damage from the inside, both in the running game and uh, pressure on the quarterback. And I was super encouraged about the pass protection um, that first drive. I was super encouraged by the patience that Justin showed early in the game. And he was never, you know, getting hurried off of his spot where he could patiently wait for the routes to open up and, you know, make some connections. And even though that when you guys were just talking a second ago, it was an incompletion to Darnell Mooney on the first play of the game. I was excited to see him, you know, go downfield to say, okay, you guys, this isn't going to be a two yard passing game because of, we have a kind of a respect for the passing game. We, we believe that we can, we can pass block you and we're going to give you some downfield attempts. And then I was encouraged by the fact that they finally got some sacks. I was encouraged that they showed a little bit of versatility or a little bit of uh, defensive line um, where they're showing some five-man fronts. They were bringing Strowman on a blitz. They were bringing Jaquan Brisker up to the line of scrimmage. They were able to anticipate a throw by Howell and get, uh, get an interception. So, you know, all of those types of things that – ended up resulting in a win encouraged me because I think there's a lot of those things that they can use going forward. And I also believe that going forward, some of these guys are going to get healthy and healthier where, you know, the bears could maybe have a larger plan of attack and a lot, a larger pool of depth on the sideline. Tom, do you believe that was the most aggressive defensive game plan you've seen from this group since Eberflus took over? And do you believe he would be committed to do the same if in fact he has to? 
You know, T. Waddle, I, I thought he had to in last night's game because you're just not going to go with the same blueprint of game that you ran the first games of the regular season, especially what you weren't doing on third down. So all of a sudden, T.J. Edwards is up at the line of scrimmage. They brought Strowman from the opposite side. Like I said, Brisker was lined up at the, the line of scrimmage, and they were able to move this, the other deep safety around a little bit. Um, Tremaine Edmonds had some opportunities to get upfield. Jervon Dexter finally showed a little bit of length and power in his pass rush. And Unique Ngakwe um, was able to... Uh, make a couple of nice moves to the inside of the of Charles Leno and immediate pressure on Sam Howell. And then instead of making Sam Howell look like Baker Mayfield at Tampa, they made Sam Howell look like Sam Howell. <laughs> it wasn't like he was able to make some ungodly com- completions or um, showed escapability if they did get him inside the pocket. Tom, what has been the biggest difference for Fields uh, these last two weeks? Has it been game plan? Has it been like how has he regained his confidence? Is, is it more him? What what what's been the big change? You know, I think DJ Moore has bailed him out a couple times, making some incredible catches of a small window of opportunity, distraction in front of his face, and was still able to come up with it. And then he shakes a tackle if there's one guy on him when he makes the catch, and then he has the yards after the catch. But I think Luke Getze has done a nice job in the last couple weeks. He's had a good game plan, some good calls for Justin that was able to take advantage either of Respect the ability that he, he does have if he wants to run the ball. Give him an opportunity to get protected and make some reads and, and trust him to get to throw the ball into some of those smaller windows that we talked about. The thing that I was most disappointed in is, is forgetting about the tight end in the second half. And I thought Tanyan and, and Cole were giving Justin more opportunities. And especially when EQ St. Brown got hurt, and then the tallest wide receiver they had was six foot. And two years ago, when we all clamored, saying, oh, the receiver position's got to get big, bigger, and they brought in Claypool and EQ St. Brown, now they're back to the six foot wide receiver. But he was still able to use him. And like I, Tom was saying, <coughs> excuse me, before I came on, that Darnell. Mooney has got to get more involved in this offense, and I think he has great hands. He's a super determined receiver, but if they can use him uh, 30% more and you know, still keep D.J. Moore act- involved, obviously, but some way that Justin's going to have a different target that he's going to have to use. Tom, you, you know this team better than anyone, so I'm probably not telling you something that you didn't already know, but people don't realize this team, last night was the first time they hadn't committed a turnover offensively since the Miami game of last year. And for a team that's trying to learn how to win, Tom, tell people how important it is that those mistakes can't happen. You, you know, T. Waddle, I, last night I, I was driving home because when we landed last night, we got home at about 3.40. Jeff and I went into Hallis Hall and did an hour podcast. Wow. And I, I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm driving home at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm listening to AM 1000, and they brought that point up. 
and I, you know, I really wasn't aware of it. And then I started thinking about all the things. Okay, they haven't won a game since last October, you know, and then the whole turnover thing, and all these, you know, factors and reasons why they did win the game started to pop into my head because, um, you know, listening to the radio on the way home, I, 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 I wasn't aware of it, but now, you know, now I am, and I think it's a. You know, it's hard to win when you turn the ball over so often. Yeah. Who whose call is that to to do a, a four a.m. podcast? Is that your idea, or was it was it Joniak? <laughs> well, he asked me, and I agreed. And so Joniak's um, got to get some sleep. My goodness! Oh shoot, I haven't slept yet. <laughs> I got home. I got home at five fifteen, and I have to pick up my dogs at six o'clock, and so. Um, I got home and I just started to watch the tape of the game and been forcing myself to stay up all day. So um, if I do go to sleep, I'm a dead man. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for my high school game to come on at on YouTube at 5 o'clock and then the wow. varsity game is at 7. So I'm going to watch that and then I'm going to hit it. Tom, how impressed were you at how ready this team was was to play Considering, can compare them to what what Ronnie's team was was looked like. Considering it was a short week, they're on. You, you know, this game is on the road, and they're coming off of a, a loss that was as devastating as the loss was to the Denver Broncos. Well, you know, a couple factors. So, uh, a couple hours before it is announced, we heard about Dick Buck is passing away, and I was curious of how people inside the bears were going to was going to react to that information but as i made my way down to the field t waddle before the game and i was sitting on the bear sideline watching guys warm up and stuff um and i talked to some washington people it was almost a foregone conclusion that they were going to beat the bears but they just didn't know by how much and so i'm going wow this is kind of suspicious here because obviously um the commanders had won some games but you know you're not lighting the world on fire in your division and so for you guys to have an overconfident belief that if they just throw the ball out in the field the game is over and you're gonna win and so i it was kind of a wait and see situation and then i i felt um super confident because you saw the changes on the defensive line of scrimmage. You saw how uh, confident they came out and played on that first drive. But the thing that really caught my attention most was the pass protection. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you got to go into that environment, if you allow that crowd to get actively vocally involved in the game, it could be different. It could be difficult to protect Justin. And in those first long passes of the game, when he wasn't, shaken he wasn't getting moved off his spot he wasn't getting harassed immediately he wasn't looking to you know find a, a running lane it, those were all encouraging signs to me that they you know they kind of had a confident game plan going into it and then you know uh, maybe the butkus deal was a little bit of inspiration to these guys you know considering his role in the history of the nfl his role in the history of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Oh, Tom, we talked about Dick Butkus yesterday on the pregame show. Uh, for those who missed it, um, and, and maybe you can expand on it a little bit more, like you two have, have stuff in common as far as being people who grew up in this town or this area, 
starring for their hometown team. You guys also played for universities that is beloved in this area as well. Dick Butkus playing for the University of Illinois, you playing for Notre Dame. So, like, is there even sort of more of a, uh, like, a small company that you guys kept because of those facts? I can't even sniff sniff Butkus's greatness because he lived a lifetime of an intimidating figure that had historical... um, um, historical traits and development and lineage of the NFL. People remember him all over the country. If you only, you know, you say Butkus, everybody knows who you're talking about. Um, just how um, when he would be walking around the locker room as a broadcaster, when I was sitting in my equipment, all I wanted to do is play well enough to get the okay from Butkus that, okay, if, if he gives you, you know, the sign that that he thinks that you're a good player, you know, that was all that you needed, to, you know, to have that vote of confidence to, you know, kind of feel you believed. And um, I just admired him so much because I knew of him and I got to meet him and then I got to talk to him a lot after his career was over. And he was such an awesome figure of football that um he was just you know to me he was just amazing it was you know whatever i was able to you know have taken part of with the bears it it could never scratch the surface of dick buckus you you could make the argument that he was the face of the nfl because the game you know played to his style it's like in today's game, Tom, where you'd look and you'd say, well, Patrick Mahomes is probably the face of the league because he's high-flying offense and everything else. Back in his day, it was about blue-collar and, and hitting people and being physical, and nobody really represented the league any better than what, what Dick Butkus represented. I thought that exact same thing. I thought if you take that still picture of Dick Butkus with his hands folded yep. and that tape around his knuckles – or if you took an outline figure of Dick Buckus in his middle linebacker stance, you would know what it was, if it was a caricature or just an outline. Um, he, he could be he could be the NFL logo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why I think for years when you look at the videos of him, and back in the day we used to get tapes of older guys – whether it be Dick Stanfeld or Dick Buckus from the NFL archive, and we would look at these guys in their prime. And it's different than having a lot of video that, uh, you know, the generation saw of him in, in his latter part of his career because in the younger part of his career, 6'3", 245, the dude was legit, and he could probably have played any of the front seven positions if he really had to. Hembo from the Greeny Show um, was him and I were exchanging some facts about uh, Dick Butkus. He's a researcher, you know, by trade. Hembo is. Here's a couple going into what you were just saying, Waddle. In 1970, a panel of NFL coaches voted Dick Butkus a, the player they would start with if they were building a new team from scratch. Line, but middle linebacker. Right. Like that was in, that's how the NFL used to be played. Yeah. Uh, and th- this, I thought, like, you know, you could list all these Pro Bowls and Hall of Fame 22 stats. interceptions. How about this one? When the Lions used an eye formation against the Bears at Tiger Stadium, every player in the eye, the center, the quarterback, 
the fullback and the halfback was knocked out of the game by Butkus. <laughs> How great is that? It's fabulous. Oh, like there, there are so many of those stories that for those who are uh, too young, and most of us are, uh, but just, and, and there are films to watch it, but like he just embodied what the Bears were built on. Ditka, there, I mean, there's, there's several, aren't there, Tom? Aren't there clips of Ditka saying, like, in being serious, he was afraid of, of Butkus because he had to practice against him pretty much every day. Right, and then, like last night when I said when I was driving home, AM 1000, they were interviewing Archie Manning. And Archie Manning was telling everybody how scared he was of playing against Buckus. And he said even after the fact when they would play in a golf outing, you know, within the last five to ten years, he was still intimidated by Butkus. And, you know, again, that's the way he carried himself with that look and that mustache and that square head of his, you know, that, that flat top haircut. Um Shoots, you know he's, you know he's going to be a guy that's going to be remembered forever, and yes. there's probably no greater honor than being remembered for a vicious football player years after the fact. Yeah. All right, go have a drink, enjoy the high school ah. football, and then get uh, some sleep. At yeah, some and then point. get some sleep after the, like the game. You deserve it. Yeah, sleep. That's for you. You can sleep anytime. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Tom. You're All the right, buddy. Adios. He's the he's awesome. He's great. Tom Thayer, uh, Jeff Joniak. He was. I bet you Joniak's sleeping right now. Uh, do you think so? Yeah. Call him. See if he's sleeping. Uh, I'm I, not poking that bear. Yeah, no that's, that's a good point. <laughs> I um, I was driving home after because I wanted to see the fourth quarter and watch it with my oldest son, who was, by the way, melting down in the fourth quarter. Why? Be- because they were coming back. He was all invested, and, and he has DJ Moore on his fantasy team, so that's one thing. So he's going crazy over that, and then he was melting down as they were giving up the lead that they're going to blow it, that this and that, it's going to be bad, and everything like that. But I heard the exchange that Thayer was talking about. The Bears got the ball. I think they had it at the Commander's 45. And Jack wanted a deep Jodiak shot. goes, I want a lightning play right here. <laughs> Thera goes, no. He goes, I want to milk the clock. I need a long drive. And then Jodiak's like, long drive? You're at the 45. How long of a drive can you have? It's great that and they have those conversations. Bick- I love it. They're bickering back and forth over, like, what what's good. He, Thera's like, I want a nine-minute drive. He's like, you can't have a nine-minute drive from the commander's 45. So it, it was, it was it. hilarious. Um, Ray in San Antonio, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ray? And how you doing? We're good. Good. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Tom, huge fan of yours. I remember watching you jump up in the middle of the, of the field and, and catch whatever was in the vicinity. Uh, so huge fan of yours. Thank you, Ray. Uh, but to answer your question for your poll, uh, Justin has been here. He hasn't arrived. Who's the one person who kept up, uh, kept us in all those games last year? Wasn't nobody on the defense. It was Justin Fields. Yes, granted, he still needed to show us what he can do passing. If anybody watched film from his college highlights or his college career, we know he could pass. We just needed to find out who was going to give him the time and if this coach was going to call plays to his strengths and his abilities. And I think all of that is finally starting to show its fruition. 
You know, uh, Ray, thanks for the call. I, I, I don't think that when it's really, really good, the offensive coordinator is putting him in position to take advantage of what he does well. When it's really, really bad, it's the offensive coordinator's fault that they're not putting him in position to take advantage of what he does. This is a shared responsibility and a shared relationship. And there's an offensive line that's in- involved. There's a receiver crew that's involved. There's running backs that are involved. It's a very complex, you know, process. And I just don't think that you can blame him for the offense not working at all times, and you can't blame the coordinator. I think it's somewhere, as I've always said, the truth is always in the middle somewhere. And so what is everybody saying now? Like he's, they had over 900 yards of offense. He's thrown for over 600 yards and eight touchdowns. Is now Luke Getze the greatest coordinator in the National Football League? You or, can't or, just or say. the Bears ruined him. Like Greeny right. was saying, like that's what was the problem that I had with Greeny. Like right. Greeny a couple of days ago said they need to trade him because the Bears have ruined him. Well, it, does he look ruined? No. I mean, you, you just – I can't. I won't tell anybody. I can't careen from one guardrail to the next. It's just not – it's not a healthy way for me to fan, and I don't fan that way. As I said, I'm going to tell you what I see that is really good, and I'm going to tell you what I see that is bad. And I just don't think that it's as black and white as everyone thinks. Well, when Justin doesn't play well, it's because the offensive coordinator is holding him back. The offensive coordinator is not responsible for him sailing a football over someone's head. Nor is the offensive coordinator going to get credit when Justin drops back, reads coverage, believes in what he sees, and throws a dart in between two defenders. That's Justin. Right. That's not the coordinator. That's Justin. And when Justin fumbles a football or throws an interception that's not the coordinator that's the quarterback so just think it's really it's a nuanced conver- it's a nuanced sport and it's a nuanced conversation 99 right. times out of 100 justin's been better justin wasn't good early in the season his accuracy wasn't good his processing wasn't good it's been much better now absolutely uh rich and jolie you're on espn 1000 what's up rich hey guys a little tidbit. Notice at the end of yesterday's game, I noticed the total yards the Bears did was 451. Talk about a tribute to Dick Buckus. Four, number 51. There you go. There you go. Well said, Rich. Appreciate I it. Oh, I, 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 like, I, I was, was wondering, was the good. total hit 51? Yeah. You know, at one time it, it stopped at 50, and then they went over that. That was another play that I loved yesterday was the over. Yes, I, I did as well. I, I loved also that some of the current players who obviously would have never seen Dick Butkus play and like even DJ Moore hasn't spent much time in Chicago still found time to honor one of the greats of this franchise when, when you know they were meeting the media and talking about what had just transpired. Sure. Uh, uh, Joniak told the story that when Butkus came, remember Butkus was at the opener. Remember right. that? Yes. He was so there. The he, was, he had a cane, but he still looked great. Yes. He was still super excited, and he made more Packer jokes, and um, he sat down with Tremaine Edmonds, and Tremaine Edmonds wanted to know stuff from Dick Butkus. Like, even though there are some that don't care about history, there are still more than most who want to know about the greatness, right. who still care about history. I was, I was very happy to hear that DJ Moore and Justin Fields and others acknowledged, you know, that, that Dick Butkus had passed away and the importance of, 
of what he meant to that organization and and what he continues will always mean for this organization. I thought it was was when I first saw it. So we started the postgame, the pregame, and I first saw the tweet before TMZ came. And we waited till we got confirmation through the Bears. We had seen all the tweets, TMZ and everything like that. We we wanted to, the Bears pregame show. We wanted to make sure the Butkus family and the Bears had confirmed this before we went with it out of respect to them. You don't get we, extra points right, for being first, right? You, especially with that, right? Yeah. This isn't an injury. This isn't a trade. This is this is real life and death. So we wanted to wait with that. We we felt like we needed to respect that, but that's neither here nor there. When I first saw the first one, it was from a weird one of those kind of sideshow. Twitter handles, I thought it was fake because I'm like, wait a minute, Dick Butkus is in fine health. Dick Butkus is only 80. You know, I still think of 80 as not being old. That Butkus was just here a month ago. Butkus, Butkus tweets. Butkus is, is, is no, Butkus is fine. This, this is someone who's got it wrong. Butkus is okay. And then, and then it was TMZ and I'm like, oh no. They usually get it right. Well, well, once it was TMZ right, and, I mean, right. yeah. and 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 I'm like, say no, and and I was heartbroken. Um, just it's, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, and so, well, well, you know who who texted us in an hour from now? Rick Sutcliffe, out of all people. Yeah, he knows blue. everybody. He texted us. He goes, "I've got a Butkus story that's going to be worth your time." Um, Michael Wilbon used to butt dial Dick Butkus out yes. of all people. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yes. So he Pat used he to wear his Butkus jersey all the time as well. I think he said he's got two jerseys, Sayers and Butkus. Or yeah. At the very least, those are the two he wears most. And there are still young Bears fans that I see at Soldier Field who wear either the Peyton, the Butkus, the Ditka, or the Sayers jersey. Yeah. And the Urlacher's in that group now, too. Yep. So 312-332-3776. You want to talk about yesterday's Bears win um, and, and, and what it meant. Uh, here, other than ending 14 in a row, can it be bigger than just winning a game here? Can it be meaning more than just one for this offense? Can they grow here, at least offensively, this team? We'll take all of your phone calls as we are in Victory Friday mode, heading into your weekend. And we're going to be out and about next week. I'll tell you all about that coming up next. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salts. Oh, that is correct. Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash finest member FDIC. Take your phone calls. Yes. Uh, Can I tell you where we're going to be next Wednesday? We got a hump day event. Let's all hump. Excuse me? I'm talking about next Wednesday. Um, We are going to be out at Twin Peaks Warrenville. This has been a place that we've been to multiple times. Is that off of 88? 
I think so. It's 28252 Deal Road in Warrenville. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been there a bunch. A bunch. We're almost like we're... We love it there. Part owners. Yes. Not really, but... It is uh, next Wednesday, so come out uh, and see Waddle and me for a Wednesday event. Uh, that's a rare day for us to be out on a Wednesday. It's a day that ends in a Y. Uh, but why not? Let's let's do this. Next Wednesday, Twin Peaks in Warrenville, 2 to 6. Who's up for this? Twitch, you up for this? 282-52 Deal Road in Warrenville. The Nissan Titan Street Team will be on hand as well with prizes. We want to see you. So uh, come on out to Twin Peaks Warrenville next Wednesday. Let's do this. Let's uh, take some calls. Big C. Big C. What's up, Big C? What up, Victory Friday? Take us off a speaker. Come on, Big C. Yeah, what's going on? Oh, there we go. There we go. That's nice. Hello? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, you got to turn up. You got to turn your mic so I can't hear you. I, how am I going to turn yeah, my you, mic yeah, up? You t- you, Hello? Yeah. Yes. You got to turn your end up. You have been a yeah, bad yeah, caller recently. <laughs> what? Hey, the last night proved everything that you were saying, the football observer was saying, right? What's that? About, you know, what feel like, you know, we've got to cut the field in half, the one read plays, and you feel legs, right? I don't think that that's really what they've done. In fact, I think that they have stuck to more pocket throws and than. But I'm saying them the one read plays, correct? Uh some of them are, but not all of them. I, I listen, Big C. I, I like I said. I when I see bad, I point out bad. When I see good, I point out good. And what I've seen is a confident quarterback who's decisive, who's trusting what he sees, and he's ripping the football. And for the last two weeks, he's been he's been very good doing it. Okay, okay. So, Sylvie, this is what I've been saying. Everything I said last year, the year before last, it coming to it coming to light. You know, he's not going to be sustained get hit like that. He took a lot of hits last night, running the ball, whatever you are, the case may be. So, yes, with your poll question, still, still the same. So what do you do? We just continue to watch and see where it goes. We keep on keeping on. Yes. Well, there, there's, there's nothing no, to do right now. It's October 6th. Right. But don't it like a lose-lose situation? What do you mean? Like, okay, okay, the team has some type of success. But, you know, you're not really going. Like with the Mitch, y'all said with Mitch, you're not really going nowhere with Fields. Well, that's what you have to see. You have to play this out, and you have to see if he continues to grow. Will he continue to get better? Mm. We're in no rush right now, Big C. All right, buddy. Take care. Have a good week. Was he at a loss for words? Well, I, uh, listen, his his take all along has been that, that Justin isn't going to be their answer long term. And at this particular moment, you, you know, that's a bad hand. You know, when you play po- poker, you're sitting there. Sometimes you have a good hand. He had a really good hand after three weeks. If his perspective was Justin right. isn't the answer. After the last two weeks, he's sitting there with a really bad hand. He's got like deuce, four, jack, ten. Ace all of different suits, except for there's five cards. So there's maybe two, <laughs> two hearts, a spade, a diamond, and a club. He had a bad hand. He's got a bad hand right now. But you know what? The game of poker, you, you know, you throw your cards in, you get another hand. 
I don't so, think uh, he could hear you too well. You guys need to turn up your mics. Yeah, turn up my mic. I admire his moxie, moxie to turn the tables I'm, I'm, on you for once. Yeah, he's like, I might be on a bad speakerphone, yeah. but your mic sucks. I will say this, though. I mean, like, I have been an advocate of when when there was zero. Remember when he was meeting the media? and you, I mean, you could hear it in his voice. You could see it in his face. There was zero confidence. So you needed to find a way to boost that confidence. I'm like, okay, well, let's do something that makes him feel confident. And then if we have to go back and reinstall some of the other broader plays in the passing game, we can do that at a later date. I, I think they've played. They've run plenty of plays from the pocket, and he's been more efficient, yes. and he's been better from maybe, the pocket. Maybe they said to him too, "Look, you got to get better at this, this, sure, and this, and we'll, and we'll do this, this, and this." I can't remember if it was the second touchdown, the third touchdown, which is such a cool thing to say as a Bears fan. Right. But when when he, with his eyes, held the safety and then just zips it into DJ Moore in the corner of the end zone, like I got all tingly because that's the type of stuff. That, that was the pe- first drive, wasn't it? Was it okay? Yeah. So, like I said, I can't even remember anymore. There's so many touchdown drives. Uh, the But to have the Bears quarterback do things that you watch Patrick Mahomes do and just go, oh, my God. Like, more of that, please. That was yes. awesome. Uh, yeah, and like, like, now will he do it against the Vikings? And he's got he's got some games where you can do it. Yes. Uh, you got a couple home games this here is what we were teams that are beatable. This is where, what we were preaching two weeks ago. When they were coming off of three really bad losses, and everyone was like, well, when do you pull the plug and move on? No, the, you, you've got a, a full complement of 17 right. games you plan to the whole figure way. out who he is because you don't want to have even a scintilla of uncertainty when it's time to make the decision. You never know when the light could go on. Right. And I don't think they're ready. They weren't ready to write him off after three games, and I don't think they're willing to give him a giant bag of money just yet. No, I think they are going to let the season play out as they should, and we'll see where we end up. Jason in Crown Point, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jason? Hey, buddy. Can you feel the difference today? Yes. Can you feel how different it is? Yes. Man, just one win from the Bears just changes my whole life. It's ridiculous. Think about Jason. Uh-huh. Think about how they feel. Like they have been public enemy number one for the last month. We talked about the stank that that, that was on them. I mean, at least for a week and a day or two, they get some relief and they get to feel good about themselves and hopefully build on that against the Vikings. Agreed. And not just like here in Chicago, they stunk throughout the whole nation. Everybody yeah. was down. Yeah, there's a lot of stank so on So they got to be rolling today. But I was calling, like I was re-watching the game. I'm watching it now. And I saw something that I haven't seen in such a long time. A quarterback And it sack. was just, well, yeah, well, that, there's sack. a few things I saw. But, <laughs> but the reality is complimentary football. We got out to a lead, and guess what we can do? We can take some chances on defense and get some sacks. You can't do that when you're constantly chasing people. It was complimentary football. Usually our complimentary football is offense three and out, defense on the field for half the quarter. A blown coverage by the defense. Right. It's a turnover followed by a blown coverage. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a a pick followed by the defense back on uh, on the field after one play. But the reality is, is, they played such a complete game, like that gives me hope. Not Justin Fields, not Luke Getze, not not Eberflus. Just the fact that these guys played a complete game and went out there and won one for themselves, for the city, 
for the organization. I just I'm in I'm in heaven today. Jason, thanks. I still like putting up forty. That's that's what I'm most excited about. You've got a better chance of winning games putting up forty than you do putting up twenty. Yeah, like I don't think I'm going out with uh, and buying any Strowman jerseys anytime soon. Um, He had a game, an interception, a sack, Uh, and a fumble, a forced fumble. That's my point. That that even even would you would you rather buy a Greg Strowman jersey or a Marcus Strowman jersey? Still Marcus. Okay. Isn't Greg Stroman like 27 too? He's not. He's been around, hasn't he? Yeah. But he, he, wasn't he, he drafted by Washington? thought he was drafted by Washington. He was with Washington, he, wasn't he? He's been a journeyman a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's not like he's some rookie. He, he's had some time in the NFL. I have, I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea who they were running out there at the end of the game because so many guys were coming off the field with injuries. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I had no idea who some of the guys were. That's one thing we didn't get to with um, Eberflus, but that I, w- I would like to ask Ryan Poles or or someone on their team is I want to know if they need to, first of all, I want to know if they've hired the White Sox strength and conditioning people first. And if they haven't, um, if they need to look into doing things differently. It, it seems to me like there's a lot of soft tissue stuff, like more soft tissue stuff than normal yeah. going on with the Bears. Like every guy seems to be grabbing their hamstring. Am I wrong about that? No, you are. You are right about that. You want to play a real quick game, a bear or not a bear? Steven Johnson, bear or not a bear? Steven Johnson. Steven Johnson is a bear. No, he's not. Yeah, I just it. made that up. Damn it. Jaquan Williams. Not a bear. Well, he's a bear. He's Damn it. You're a cornerback. Let me host your pregame show. <laughs> What's next? I'm telling you, I don't know half the guys Wait, they're running the out way, there what, either. What is Brisker, what is Brisker I doing? I don't know. What are you, Flapping can, his arms? He seems like he's doing like the Eagles thing. The fly, Eagles, fly. What? What is, can it, did you guys know what Brisker's doing? I'm not sure. No ball idea. hawking. He's ball hawking. Is that what it is? I don't know. Is that I'm these, guessing. Get a, yeah. Catch the pick next time if you're going to ball hawk. Does anyone know what um, Brisker is doing? Anyone in Twitch? I'm not sure. Uh, you know what, though? I like the fact that he wasn't 100%, but he was out there yes. trying to get his thing done. Good for him. Yes. But what? I, the, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. Someone said the crane. <laughs> someone said the pelican. <laughs> the pelican. Elijah Jones. Bear or not a bear? That's not a bear. <laughs> You're back. All right. You're back. Elijah Jones. Elijah Hicks. He's a bear. There, there you go. I'm two for now two you're for going. four. Now you're rolling. I'm, I'm betting 500. Yes, that, you are. Like, that's a the big contract in Major Joe League. Joe Reed. Is Joe Reed a bear? Joe Reed is a bear. He's on injured reserve, but yes. you are correct. He's on injured reserve. But he's a bear. Three yeah. for five. You're going. Now you're doing it. Do you think that they'll... they'll you asked a good question on, uh, on the text Claypool. chain. Chase Claypool. Not, not a bear. A bear. Um, we have not mentioned that. that he. Well, I guess once we did, that he was traded to Miami today. I, you know what? I, I'm done with him, so like, I really don't care. Um, do you believe, based on, you know, we'll find out early next week where they're at. Their, wide, or their running back room is a mess right now. Khalil Herbert is hurt. Roshan Johnson went into concussion protocol. He was out. Travis Homer, I believe, had a muscle pull. 
if you're going to keep Bayless Jones active going forward, don't you have to see if he, in fact, can pick up the slack a little bit carrying the football, maybe? Uh, in the back, it's a great question. I, I asked a question on Twitter, and I was met with some skepticism about the numbers game regarding their running backs. I want to ask you about it and, and see what you think. 312-332-3776. If you want to weigh in, it's a victory Friday. Um, and, and we're also talking about Dick Butkus as well. We lost him at the age of 80 yesterday. I was very surprised about that. Um, but we'll ring it up. Talk to us. Uh, it's Waddle and Sylvie uh, heading into your weekend. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. I think we're in the process of, of building something special. Back to the left of Fields. He brings a man in motion, Mooney, into the slot to the right. Snap is back. Fields, late pressure coming, but it doesn't reach. It throws downfield. He's got D.J. Moore over the shoulder. 20, 15, and out of bounds. D.J. Moore. Here's the handoff. Herbert with an inside cut at the 30. 25-20. Chase from behind. Ankle grab, and down he goes near the 12. You saw it open up. Right through the hash marks. And a 35-yard gallop for Khalil Herbert. Fields with bombs tonight. Two to D.J. Moore. They motion as he sets the throw right side. It is caught. D.J. Moore spins away from a tackle at the 40-45. Nifty footwork on the sideline. Inside the 40. Inside the 35. Wow. With a ball in his hands. Do not take it for granted. D.J. Moore with great contact balance. Fields awaits the snap. The, the noise is significant as Mooney goes in motion to the right snap. Again, a design run with Carter with a block. Fields front three, left 35 and out of bounds. Taken out there by Forrest Jr. Nice job by Tatari. Tight end right side of the line, Mercedes Lewis. And Tatter Scott out to the right snap. Fields stares down the left side. Pass is caught by Moore. Down the sideline and nothing but green grass. He is gone, baby. Touchdown, D.J. Moore on third and two. The corner broke on it, missed it. D.J. Moore caught it, and he accentuates what's been a spectacular day. 56-yard touchdown, and that puts the icing on the cake. How about that? Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer on the call. Feel good for Jeff. It was uh, it was eight days ago. Yeah. Eight days ago. When what did Luke he say again? Said, Play that again. Play that again, can he, you? He said we're building something special. You and I laughed. Oh. 900 plus yards later, maybe he had he had the answers to the test. My comp was it, Luke Etsy saying that we're building something special is like me looking in the mirror saying, I see George Clooney. I think we're in the process of, of building something special. 900 plus yards later. <laughs> How many points as well? Like 28 and then 40, 68 points. Almost nice. Hello, Mr. Clooney. Yeah. Maybe. Uh... I'm going to start calling you George until they throw a, you know, a clunker out there. Until they, they drop a deuce on the field, you're George from now on. Hello, George. Maybe Costanza, not Clooney. Well, I'm just saying. I mean. I was in the pool. He, I mean. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, we were getting like, no, no <laughs> shrinkage with the Bears. They're walking around with big D. Uh, uh, Envy, yes. BDE. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We are. 
Everybody, man. I hope they go out and everybody's safe. I'm not asking for chaos. I hope everyone, you know, is mature and does. But I hope they enjoy themselves this weekend. A lot of tension. A lot of tension going around up there for the last month plus. That's what I'm saying, that maybe, like, everything could just settle in a little bit. Yeah. Like, no, no defensive coordinator going AWOL. No, uh... I wasn't no. exaggerating when I said to you yesterday, look... You have no idea how much relief will be felt inside that entire building if, in fact, they can come up with a victory and how much that will make going into next week's game easier and more pleasant for them. I heard, too, I don't know if it was true, that when they were coming off the field, George McCaskey and Kevin Warren were there to hug everybody as they walked into the... Were they giving hugs Did you hear that? I heard I I heard that. Um... I'm trying to remember where I heard it, but I heard that too, yeah. Yeah, that like there was so much elation. Hugs at the door. It's so much relief that, that exists. They have been through a lot. Yes. And then with the Chase Claypool situation, yes. with them getting blown out, followed by a, a, a choke job, the biggest in franchise history, equaling the biggest in franchise history. It's a lot of tension. 14 in a row, the longest that losing team. streak yes. in franchise history. If they were, if they had lost the fifteenth in a row, they were embarking upon like some of the historically bad teams in NFL history. Jeff, that's why I'm saying to you, like, it's. I mean, I'm not making too much of this. I don't believe this propels them to represent the NFC at the Super Bowl this year. I'm just telling you, those conversations were on the horizon had they lost this yeah, game. Like, like they, they've already. Prior to last night, they were the national laughing stock across the league. That's why you hear Get Up talking about Justin Fields has been ruined by the organization. They need to trade him to the Falcons. Like, so the fact that they were able to get this win, it also spins last week's game against the Broncos a different narrative, right? Yeah. Like, we can look at the offensive game they had against the Broncos and say, maybe that's not a fluke. Whereas, had they lost last night, it would have been like, they blew the game against the Broncos and then they lost their 15th straight. So again, don't get me wrong. I'm 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 not telling you this is step one towards a, a a trip to the Super Bowl. I'm just telling you that this may have been the most massive release of 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 collective tension in that franchise's recent history. Everybody needed it. Everybody, fans needed it. The players needed it. The coach needed it. Think Everybody. about this too. I'm looking at the DJ Moore numbers. DJ Moore so far in five football games, and he got off to a start, in, and I told you this, where he was targeted twice in the opener. He has 531 yards and five touchdowns through five games. So he's averaging over five, he's averaging over 100 yards per game and a touchdown per game. Yes. Uh, incredible, right? Chase Claypool. Oh, God. Why are you doing this to us? I'm just giving you it for context. Played 10 games for the Bears. And what did he put up? He put up 191 yards. He had four in, catches in this year. So what did he have? What did he have, like eight, 14 catches last eight, year? They had the 18 catches 18 as total. a Bear. Yeah. 18 catches for 191 yards. 19 yards per game? And that's the reason and why he's... Not here anymore. And we saw the last two games. He was taking, he was inactive, and all of a sudden, Bears receivers aren't running into the same spaces as, as each other. Coincidence? I don't know. I think not. 
Uh, by the way, it's WMVP Chicago, ESPN 1000 and WSHEHD2 Chicago, as we are uninterrupted here for the next 25 minutes. 312-332-3776. We do have, believe it or not, Rick Sutcliffe. I know he's a longtime baseball man, but he's also one of the all-time great storytellers who wanted to come on. He reached out to us. He says he's got an all-time great Dick Butkus story. He's going to come on in about 20 minutes to tell us that. I want to play you this exclusive Ryan Poles audio from yesterday's pregame show. Um, Remember... During every pregame show, Ryan Poles does a one-on-one with Joniak. And this was from the one-on-one yesterday with, with Joniak and Chase Claypool. I thought it was pretty upfront regarding, and they traded Claypool today. He's going to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins get Claypool, and they get a seventh-round 2025 draft pick. And the Bears, in return, get a 2025 sixth-round pick. So they get Claypool in a seventh rounder in 2025. The Bears get a 2025 sixth round pick. At least they got something for him. Basically, they swapped. They get, they get a seventh rounder for a sixth rounder. Yeah, they might move up like 10 to 15 